For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. And I guess the Tar Heels are fearing the NCAA Tournament Reaper? Maybe. Is that too much of a stretch? Maybe that's the case. I don't know. Saturday, they lose. You're making a face at me as though you're about to give me the ultimate it always works out for Carolina take of all time. Because if you can spin for me, Joe, that everything works out in the end for the Tar Heels, are you about to tell me that having lost to Duke that they desperately needed that win to get on the right side of the NCAA tournament bubble. Are you about to tell me that this squad's about to reel off four wins in four days? Is that what you're about to tell me? No. Okay. Uh, No. What I would say, though, is I could see North Carolina getting Armando Baycott back. I could see R.J. Davis coming back. I could see them maybe this time going into the portal and being like, yeah, we need someone who can make a shot. That's what we need. Oh, we're already talking about next year. Yeah, that. But that's how this would spin forward. Yeah. See, the the, the premise isn't <laughs> the premise, which is rock solid, by the way, isn't that UNC is lucky. Isn't that they're guaranteed to win? It is. If something good can happen, uh-huh. it will. So, all right. So, so, so the so, suffrage for this season <laughs> just might turn out to be a payoff next season. That's so, all. so hold up, hold up. This is like deeper layers of yeah. You got to get the whole cork this board is, of the no, strings the, the, and the pictures. What, what is it? Always sunny. Where the guy? Yeah. Hey, what's his face is doing this into yep. the with the with the cork board and the strings behind him? Yeah. So what you're saying is that the redemption story and book would just be delayed by a year. Will be written after this year. Yeah. No. Saturday snapshot to me was it's sixty to fifty seven. Carolina's down. They have the ball. Mm-hmm. There's Caleb Love on the wing with the ball. We've seen this before mm-hmm. against Duke, no less. And he plays the hero. That shot wasn't even close. But he's the anti-hero. Are you saying hi? Even close. It's me. No, Caleb loves it, the problem. It, it, it's it, me. No, I'm not going to blame it all on him. He, oh, okay. went, he went 0 for 6 from 3. But what I'm look, what I'm saying is last year, think of how charmed it was yeah. and how poetically perfect it was that it was love dotting Mark Williams mm-hmm. at the Final Four at the top of the key in, in the Superdome. You know, this, the, the iconic shot of all time. For in Carol, arguably in Carolina basketball history, well, there's there's two moments and, and for then Caleb he, Love, and then here he is on Saturday, completely inept, yeah. in, unable to come through. And and to me, that that's what the bookend was for this group. That's what it looked like. It's funny me. you mentioned Caleb Love in moments in that Duke Carolina rivalry because there's two of them for Caleb Love last year. There is the him leaving. Uh, underneath the basket, all smiles with the tongue out, like, "Yeah, we just ruined your going yeah. away party." And then, of and, course, and he was outstanding too. He was he was great in that game. And of course, as you mentioned, the shot over Mark Williams in the Final Four. But I found it interesting that you said Armando comes back and RJ comes back, but not Caleb Love because he also has eligibility. The only person who literally ran out of eligibility that was honored on Saturday was Leaky, Leaky Black. Black. Yeah. Uh, and while they went through the process for Armando Baycott with a video message and he was honored at midcourt and everything else before the game, 
there is this sentiment that the NIL money for him to come back would be too good compared to going to the NBA. So or maybe I, he just wants another run at it too. Well, like, here's let's my not question. underestimate that. Here's my question. What good would that do Hubert Davis if these guys came back? Given that they don't have a rock-solid class coming in like they do in 24? Mm-hmm. Probably staves it off, man. The knives are out for Hubert Davis with Carolina fans. I know uh, Look, some of the stuff that goes on between me and, and Carolina fans on, on Twitter is, mo- is all mostly all in good fun, sure, most of it. Sure, um, But the truth of the matter is there's always a kernel there, right? And how quickly they are to turn on everybody who's not, oh, my God, Carolina's the greatest thing in the history of, of the world. Well, they did it to Roy Williams, too. Yeah, and, and they're quickly getting there. And they were last year at Uber Davis, remember, after the Kentucky loss and the mm-hmm. Tennessee loss early in the season. And now, again, you're seeing the knives out for Uber Davis. And it's like, guys, they went to the Final Four last year. They, they were a three-pointer away from winning the national championship last year. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, you're ready to run them out of town again, and it's like, it's exhausting. It's just exhausting, well, I, I, and I'm, I don't get it. Those are extreme Those those are extreme views that are on social media sure. that don't I don't really think have a, a, a good sentiment, okay? Because I, I brought up Roy Williams to illustrate a point. The man won a national championship, and it wasn't until his second national championship yeah, that people— the first one were with Matt Doherty's players. People, yeah. like, wanted to make right. it a thing. Right. I, you think I'm being ridiculous, No, you're not. You're not. That was a thing back in the day. But And I remember—I think it's been long enough now that I can tell the story— that in an effort to make fun of the dumb takes that happen after a, a huge loss with Roy Williams, I decided to just run a search of, you know, fire Roy Williams to the point where I duped our own company into thinking that the sentiment was real. No, I simply was pointing and laughing at these idiots on Twitter that were saying, Roy Williams, it's time for a change, it's time for this, it's time for that. Of course, he goes on to win another championship in 2017. But the point is that I used the sentiment and how silly it was to the point where we as a company ran a poll asking whether or not Roy Williams should be fired. And I turned ghostly white going, wait a minute. Did this person not realize I was using these Twitter things as a joke to point and laugh? And that's all I can really do at people who want to criticize Hubert Davis and, and everything else. But, and, but this is why, to get back to the Armando Baycott, R.J. Davis thing. If we're being pragmatic about this, if we're being a little bit more level-headed about Carolina, is it a Hubert Davis problem or is it this core group problem? And that's why I ask the question, do you really want Armando Baycott, R.J. Davis, and Caleb Love coming back? And there's there's the attitude of, not get Caleb Love out of here. Bring back Armando and R.J. Again, I'll ask the question, are you sure Because in this core group, what have we seen over the last three years? We saw a core group that Roy Williams got fed up with and retired. We saw a core group that Hubert Davis struggled to get going. And if it wasn't for some circumstances of all coming together and, you know, lightning hitting in Brady Manick and then going on this run, a little bracket luck, okay, and Duke being this way to, you know, the the honing beacon that they could – focus on and get over they're back to what has largely been their results over the last three years so i under i and it's not like armando baycott needs more growth he was like this question about the nit right like let's say let's say north carolina makes it to the NIT. they don't make the ncaa tournament they get to the nit and there's this attitude of well no they should play in it why what are you gaining out of that unless you told me hubert davis was going to play nothing but the young guys that it was going to be the tremble show and that kind of stuff Okay, 
All right, I'll I'll grant you that, but that's not what's going to happen. You know, all the people who were begging for bench play, what do we see in the first half against Duke? We saw a whole bunch of bench play, and it kept Carolina somewhat in it when Caleb Love was being costly for them in the first half. So, again, I get back to that central question. NIL is easy, but there is a flip side to the idea of keeping people around for a long time because that's the whole, like, the the goal of NIL. Oh, well... This would this would incorporate guys of having stuck around a little bit longer. You know, imagine if they stuck around X, Y, Z. Well, sometimes it's okay that you need to go and separate and have a change of scenery. Maybe Armando Baycott continues his college career. Maybe it's not at North Carolina. And the same with R.J. Davis. Because I do think that this entire group, both the core group and Hubert Davis, need a fresh start. Need a fresh start after this season. I don't know if going out and do the transfer portal like what happened with Pete Nance is going to be the answer again. Because what, you you think we're just going to, well, we swung and missed on Brady Manick 2.0. Maybe we'll get it right this next time. Or maybe Brady Manick was a special situation. Sometimes you swing and miss. I mean, I know you've talked about this when it comes to NC State. We've talked about this with Wake Forest. Sometimes you go into the transfer portal and it hits like it has for NC State this year with DJ Burns and Jarkel Joyner. Other times it doesn't. So it might just be time for a fresh start at Carolina if they don't make the NCAA tournament. But it starts Wednesday, man. The bra- You talk about bracket luck. They're not going to face teams they haven't beaten. So they got that going for them, right, to get to Saturday. I like their draw, but I, after seeing them in person on Saturday, it's just not – It's just there's just something missing with this group. I don't know if it's I, – I think it's more than just Brady Manic. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm, 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 I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. It's the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias. If you miss anything from today's show, check it out on the Best of the OG podcast or on YouTube. Look up 99.9 The Fan on YouTube. Smash that subscribe button. I did say that if if North Carolina makes the NCAA tournament, I will drink a 1993 UNC championship Coca-Cola. So there's still a chance. Ken Palm likes them. There's still a chance. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly here with Coach Pete Deruda, America's wealth coach and best-selling author. Coach, one of the big questions I always hear is, do I have enough money to retire? Well, maybe, maybe not. The most important thing is you have lifetime income you can never outlive. We'll design that plan for the next 10 people to call. No cost or obligation. Put yourself in control of retirement. Call 800-691-3215. You can also text Tim to 600-700. That's T-I-M to 600-700. You'll hear from Coach Pete and the Capital Financial advisory group but you know who's the most dominant team in the state right now right it's the carolina hurricanes they put the work on tampa bay last night or yesterday Yesterday. afternoon i should say yesterday julio special my friend oh you went huh three o'clock oh yeah that's right your zone i know (laughs) on a sunday it's glorious it's a great day yesterday too kids day Uh uh-uh julio day yeah, I, I fell asleep. Senior day. I fell asleep on the couch watching the game last night or yesterday afternoon because that's also prime. Oh, I got swallowed up by the couch monster while watching hockey. Whoopsies. Uh, when as a fan, uh, place was full. Place was loud and adorable. Kids day it was, was cool. kids day. Some of the graphics were very cool for kids day. The, the some of the announcements were done by kids too. Yeah. And I got to be honest with you, I've never seen the Hurricanes play better than that ever. It's almost like they took all of the post-trade deadline talk personally. Oh, yeah. Don't forget Tampa <laughs> made the move for Janot, and it was yes. like, oh, are you, oh you're going to trade your whole team? Cool. Got it. Got Which, noted. They got, I mean, they were suffocated. 
It was it was it was like a game of keep away. Mm-hmm. Is really what it was. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even it wasn't even hockey by the third period. It was just kind of like comical to see. Oh, you're never going to touch the puck. Cool. Here's Adam Gold. He does the Canes Corner podcast. Two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Let's do that hockey. All right, boys. I got two minutes for the real reason the Carolina Hurricanes are a bona fide Stanley Cup contender. We could talk about 6-1 over Arizona. We could talk about 6-0 over the Tampa Bay Lightning. By the way, what we saw at PNC Arena last night was bananas in how dominant it was. Remember, Tampa had lost the day before in Buffalo 5-3 in a game that wasn't that close. They benched their three best players. Stamkos, Point, and Kucherov all sat the third period, and you know John Cooper was trying to light a fire under him, and that fire was put out early by Carolina, and it had nothing to do with the goals. Because while the power play is important, and with Shane Gostas-Bear quarterbacking the second unit or the first unit, one of the units, you pick your unit, whichever unit you like the most, that's your unit. With Gostas-Bear in tow, the Hurricanes are 7 of 9 in the power play. I'm pretty sure it's not going to work continuously at 78% efficiency. But I will say this, the number one constant for the Carolina Hurricanes is defense. So, we could talk about all the goal scoring and Tavo Teravainen's hat trick, the fifth Hurricane player with a hat trick this season. The reason why the Hurricanes are a bona fide Stanley Cup contender is defense. And what they did to Tampa in the game was stunning. Think about this. For the first time all year long, a team in the NHL had zero shots on goal in a period. None. No team. Until Tampa yesterday in the second period had buckus in the second period. Their four shots on goal through two periods, also an NHL low. That's what Carolina did best yesterday. Forget about the power play goals. It was defense that completely choked the life out of the lightning. That makes them a contender. That's Adam Gold. That's two minutes. You want to catch more, check out the Canes Corner Podcast, brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Obviously, you can listen to Adam here on the fan from noon until 3. Sticking with the Carolinas, it looks like, based on where Derek Carr is going, the Carolina Panthers are going to be all in on finding a quarterback in the draft. To me, Derek Carr made the most amount of sense in terms of a free agent veteran route. He will be going to the New Orleans Saints. That was reported on today. Various reports indicate it's a four-year deal, $150 million for Derek Carr. A lot of it is four up. years at 31 years old. I mean, it's not bad. It's really not that bad. It's worth up to $150 million, according to NFL media. Mike, uh, what is it? Mike Garofalo, I think, is the uh, reporter who had that. Uh, it includes $100 million in total guarantees. Carr has $60 million guaranteed at signing $10 million of his third-year salary vest after his first year with the Saints, and they restructured some of that contract so they can fit under the cap. They're also going to likely, according to Adam Schefter at ESPN, cut Jameis Winston so that they can get under the cap. Of course, you know how I feel. The salary cap isn't real, and as evidenced by what they're going to do with Derek Carr's contract, that makes a lot of sense. So that being said, the Carolina Panthers either thought this was too rich for them and they didn't want to commit to Derek Carr at age 31 for four years. when, If you look at the structure of the deal, it almost comes out to like a two-year contract in the grand scheme of things, which I think is a fine play for the New Orleans Saints at that age for Derek Carr. So that was either too rich for them or they just weren't interested in Derek Carr, period, and they've always been more interested in 
building through the draft, which then gets Joe to they ain't getting who they want at the ninth spot. So how are they going to get to where they want to be to take the QB they want? I don't like how this is playing out. Mm. I respect the fact that Frank Reich was in Indy. He had a musical chair as a quarterback. I could see I, if they said, you know what, Jimmy Garoppolo has been injured. We don't. We don't want that. I don't want to do that. Again. Makes total sense to me, right? Ryan Tannehill. You you know you put some of those older guys out there, and I get it. Carr made a lot of sense. Certainly, they must love somebody in this draft, and if they do, and they can make it work, buy a Condias. I do think they'll get one of them at nine, though. I do. At nine? I do. I see. It's, gonna, it's not going to be C.J. Stroud. No, no, But no, no. I do think they will get a quarterback at nine, yes. It's going to be Will Levis or it's going to be Anthony Richardson, one of the two. I don't think Levis will. I think Richardson will be there. If they like Richardson, I think they can get him at nine, yes. Okay. Well, he did, he did liken himself to Cam Newton, so maybe maybe the vibes are good there for the Carolina Panthers. We talked to Lincoln Kennedy, longtime NFLer, who's part of the Las Vegas Raiders radio network. And we talked to him on Friday, and and I asked him, okay, I, I like Derek Carr. I think the Panthers should have gone after him or taken it more seriously. But Kennedy Kennedy pointed out some of the flaws for Derek Carr that might have kept him off the Panthers' radar. I think he's one of those quarterbacks that can be considered, I would say, uh, when you look at a breakdown, I, I would say top 12, top 13 yeah. quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. Okay? I would say that. Capable. The problem has become, and this is no, this is nothing. This is no knock sure. on him because uh, it, you know I think he could still have a prosperous career. He did, you know, he ran up the yards. The stats are where they are. The problem has become over having so many different offensive coordinators, his decision making. So that's Lincoln Kennedy who joined us on Friday to talk about the one potential issue with Derek Carr, and that was decision making. This also takes the Jets off the board. Derek Carr was linked to the Jets makes a lot of sense he doesn't go to the Jets because if he's very, very sensitive. I was listening to Will Brinson from CBS Sports uh, with Adam earlier today, and he made a good point about, like, Derek Carr's got everybody blocked. David oh, really? Carr's got everybody blocked. Oh, no. Yeah, it's one of those situations. And much like we make fun of Aaron Rodgers, like, if you think he has a problem with the media now, how do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to be with the Jets? So Derek Carr and the Jets presents the same issue. So what did the Jets do now, especially with Aaron Rodgers still sitting out there? Jeremy Fowler, ESPN, on what that car move means for New York. Well, the Jets have remained zeroed in on Aaron Rodgers. That's been the case. He's been their primary option A pretty much throughout this process. Uh, but I've talked to multiple teams in the quarterback market who believe the hang-up with Aaron Rodgers will be the $58 million in guaranteed money that he has coming to him. That balloon payment has to be exercised between March 17th and week one. And so prospective teams like the Jets would like to see that money lessened, reworked, something done there. And so uh, it's uncertain if the Packers would be willing to facilitate a trade by eating some of that money. And so those are some of the complex dynamics that will be in play in the coming days to try to get Rodgers potentially to a team like the Jets. That's Jeremy Fowler, ESPN, on what could be impacted with Derek Carr going to New Orleans and the Jets' QB desires. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.